Welcome, Valley family. I hope you had a great Christmas. We sure did at the Williamson House, and we are just giving everybody a break uh, this weekend of the 29th, rolling up into New Year's. Uh, This is online campus only. Uh, We've done this for a number of years now. Just to say thank you, really, for all of our Dream Teamers. We have hundreds and hundreds of Dream Teamers. Some people call them volunteers, but but we want to elevate the, the way that we talk to those that just give so generously of their time week in and week out here at Valley. So give everybody a break. The staff, we've gone through eight services in three days, if you count the 22nd services as well. And uh, I hope you'll just replenish and refresh, spend time with your family and friends. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around the country, for that matter, around the world, uh, on Valley Online Campus. And actually, I was on a video conference uh, just a, a few days back, and uh, uh, we we're talking about, you know, the holidays and all and, and pastors from all over the country. And, and one said, yeah, you just don't get any break. And then you roll right into right into the, the new year. And I said, actually, we give a break. We don't have services the Sunday after Christmas just to give all of our dream teamers and our staff a, a, a big break and all. And he just kind of looked and in video conference like, huh. He's like, wow, I've never heard of anything like that before. He said, it's almost like a like a forced sabbatical, like a forced reset for everything. And I was like, exactly, exactly. And and you could tell just as the thought, the idea was coming to him, I I wouldn't be surprised if next year that he leads his church uh, in in doing that as well. Something we just uh, have done for for a number of years. And again, thank you everyone, no matter where you join us, that serve so faithfully as a dream team or any capacity, uh, the Valley family, literally hundreds and hundreds of people week in and week out. And uh, so we're coming up on New Year's and you know, maybe you're one, like, like myself, looking for a word, like I, I pray about and consider to get a single word, just one word for the year coming up. And, uh, you know, the, year, the, the word that I have right now going into 2020 uh, that's really on my heart is formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. Just say that with me right now, formaldehyde. No, I'm kidding. That's not my word. It's just a word that came into my mind. I'm still praying about it at this point. I know that that God will just drop a a focus word uh, in my heart, uh, you know, before the new year rings in. But what excites me the most when I think about the new year uh, and really a new decade uh, is all the the potential uh, that, that is ahead of us as individuals and as a church. And so, I want to talk about a decade of destiny. I believe the 20s, the 2020s, uh, the decade of the 20s uh, is really going to be uh, a decade of destiny individually, but also for us as a church family. And, and there's some things that I, I, I just want to say uh, from my heart to your heart, uh, from my family to your family, uh, some things that I, I think God wants to speak to us in terms of just really understanding where we're about to go and what we're about to experience in this decade of destiny. And so I I think, first of all, three things about this decade of destiny. Number one is is I think there's there's promising opportunities waiting for us. In fact, if you have your Valley app, I'm going to ask you to go ahead, open that up, and, and you'll be able to follow along in the notes there, fill in the blanks. The first one is it's about promising opportunities. I think God's got a lot of promising opportunities for you and for me. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, is the reason why I say this. 
God's word says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, uh, we have so much promise, so much potential entering into this new year and this new decade. I know my wife Susie challenged the ladies at our Sisters United that we just had uh, not too long ago about leaving things behind and how important it is to leave things behind and to enter into the promise and, and all that God has prepared for us, the potential. Uh, and so with God, the best is always yet to come. Think about this verse. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Ultimately, this is talking about heaven. We understand that. But, but it's also talking about tomorrow, that with, with Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, of your life and mine, the best is always yet to come. For those that don't know Christ, this is as good as it is ever going to get. But, but when, when we focus and we put Jesus at the center of our lives, the best is yet to come. Not only in heaven, yes, but what he's doing inside of us today. It doesn't mean necessarily our circumstances, our situations are always going to be better and better and better. But it means our hearts can always be better. And who we are on the inside, because God by his Holy Spirit is working in our lives. So the best is always yet to come. So the first thing I think we need to understand uh, about 2020 and the decade of the 20s is we have some incredibly promising opportunities. God's gonna bring opportunities to you. God's gonna bring opportunities to me. God's gonna bring opportunities to us as a church that we haven't even imagined yet. That, that if you roll back the clock to the last decade, you know, back in 2010, and, and someone had said, multi-site to Greg Williamson, I would have been like, multi-what? If someone had said, online campus, I'd have said, online what? If someone had said, over a thousand every single week in attendance, I would have laughed in their face. If someone had said, sheaf road property, I would have been like, what are you talking about? I would think they were from another planet. But you see, even 10 years ago, I had not seen, ear had not heard, and no mind had imagined what God was preparing for us last decade, in 2010. And now here we are on the threshold of 2020 and the decade of the 20s. And so there are going to be incredibly promising opportunities. Because of so many promising opportunities for you and for me in the 20s, together, personally, and also together as a group, we have, to, we have to understand there's also going to be predictable opposition. Predictable opposition. That not only is there going to be opportunities that are going to be really promising, but you know what? There's going to be some real, real predictable opposition. We've looked at this verse before, but I think it's important just to frame so we go in with eyes wide open to everything God has for us Let's look at it again, John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, the thief, that's another name for Satan, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so, how, how does the thief come to, to steal and to kill and to destroy? The thief tries to steal our identity with shame, 
shame from things that we've done in the past or, or things that people have done to us that, that we're not proud of, that we're embarrassed about. Every one of us has regrets in life. No question about it. I have regrets. I know you probably do too. And, and one of the names of Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He always wants to use shame to keep our mouth shut when we should speak up, to keep us passive when God wants us to take a step of action and be bold. And, and so he tries to steal the thief steal our identity. He's like, you're, you're, you're not new. No, 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 that whole Jesus thing. You know, this whole born again. The Bible says whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has uh, gone, the new has come. No, 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 that doesn't work for you. You're the same old, same old. So he's trying to steal our identity with shame. Second thing he's trying to do is kill your potential with guilt. Kill your potential with guilt. Because if, if you don't ever believe you are who God says you are, and that God's plan is bigger than you've ever seen, more than you've ever heard, more than you can imagine. No, 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 you're, you're just, who you are is all the bad stuff you've done. And if anyone really knew, if, if God even knew or your friends knew, they wouldn't even talk to you. So, so shame and guilt, killing the potential just to keep us paralyzed because of the failures and the sins in the past and then he wants to destroy hope with fear. Fear. What if, what if I take a step? What, what, if I, what if I really become more bold and, and, and sharing my faith with other people? This is how the enemy wants to really oppose you and oppose me. So, so first of all, there's promising opportunities, but there is also predictable opposition. You didn't, think that, you didn't think Satan was like, oh no, here comes 2020, I'm just going to lay off, <laughs> I'm just going to start fighting fair. You know, all of a sudden I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy, and I'm not going to tempt, and I'm not going to try to steal and kill and destroy anymore. No, not at all. I, I think just the direct opposite, and, and the teachings of Scripture is pretty clear, the closer we get, and we're closer today than ever before, the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, this is going to get amped up more, not, not less. He's not going to back off any. I mean, look at our world. Evil's not backing off. E e evil's like pushing forward. And so we need to understand, yes, absolutely, there is promising opportunities, but there's also predictable opposition. We shouldn't be surprised when we feel spiritual opposition, when we feel spiritual attack, when we feel spiritual temptation. That shouldn't surprise us at all. In fact, I've heard it put this way. If the devil's not messing with you, it's probably because you're not doing anything significant for God. Whoop. You know, threat. You know, threat. Man, I, I just pray every morning when I swing my feet over the side of the bed, and I get up. I, my wish is just Satan be like, uh-oh, he's awake. Oh, no. I, that, that's what I want it to be. Oh, no, he's awake. That's how I want to live my life. See, if the 20s are going to be a decade of destiny, and I believe God wants it to be a decade of destiny for you personally, for me personally, and for the Valley family, if it's going to be a decade of destiny, we have to stand strong in our faith and we have to learn how to combat predictable opposition. We've got to learn how to be strong 
and how to really defeat and, and fight the good fight of faith, like the scripture says, and combat predictable opposition. How do we do that? Well, that's the third way. The third thing about Decade of Destiny is persistent objectives. That's how you combat. That's how I combat. That's how we win. That's how we fight the good fight of faith is with persistent objectives. I I love this word. Maybe it's the word for 2020. I don't know. Persistence. Consistency. Persistent objectives. We we need to know. It's kind of like the way God's wired me. You know, uh, I'm coach and all that. What's the win? Why are we doing what we're doing? Is it just spending time? Is that it? Are we just going through the, what's the, what's the why behind everything that we do? And, and I, I spend a lot of time, and we as a staff spend a lot of time talking about the why behind everything that we do as a church. Because we, we want to teach you and train you and equip you to fight the good fight of faith. That, that you would fulfill every purpose that God created you for on this planet. And so that means being persistent in objectives. So there's promising opportunities, there's predictable opposition, whether we like it or not or admit it or not, or, or, or believe it or not. And how do we combat that? Well, it's persistent objectives. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. The Bible says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, that's every single one of us, to put off your old self. Put off your old self. See, I think for some of us, 2020 represents, it's time to just put off some stuff. Put off our old ways. Put off our old way of thinking. Put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, talking about the sin nature, to be made new in the attitude of your minds to think new things. Watch this now. Put off your old self and to put on your new self. Put on your new self, created what? To be like God. Not to, created to be a God, but to, we were created, you were created to be like Jesus. To be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And, and so when it comes to persistent objectives, everything I want to talk about is how, how we can combat predictable opposition. It all boils down to what are you going to put off? Your old self, what am I going to put off? And what are we going to put on, our new self, to be more like God? That's what God wants to do more than anything else. Listen, it's not, it's not difficult for God to change your circumstance or situation. Like, that's easy peasy. That's like, that's like kindergarten stuff to God. What he wants to do is he wants to change my heart. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change the way I think. He wants to change the way I respond. Change the way that I react. Change the way that you respond. Change the way that you react. How do we do that? We, we need to yield, surrender to what he wants to do by putting off our old self and putting on our new self and allowing ourselves to be who we were created to be, like God, in true righteousness and holiness. So, in terms of persistent objectives, let, let me share with you four objectives now. Real practical, here's a strategy for you uh, and, and for me. I, and I'm, I love strategy. Again, look, I'm coach. What's the strategy? How are we going to win? What, how are we going to do this? Four real practical ways that we can put off our old self, put on our new self, and become more like God, the true fashion, truly who he created you and I 
to be. So the first thing is that we need to do is this, declare God's salvation. We need, to, we need to learn what it means to declare God's salvation. And, and the Bible's not quiet on this. How do we declare our salvation? Is it, uh, is it by a cross that we wear around our neck? Or maybe a ring with a cross on it? Is it, uh, is it by attending church that we declare our salvation? What does God say? He's given us tools. He's given us weapons, if you will, to combat predictable opposition how do we declare our salvation well look at first peter chapter 3 verse 21 it tells us how to declare your salvation this is why it's such a big deal for us here at valley christian church in baptism we show that we have been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of christ it's through water baptism that's how we demonstrate we've been saved We've been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water. By the way, do you understand what it's saying here? Total immersion, no sprinkling in the Bible. There's none of it. Not one instance, anywhere, anytime. Back to the first three centuries of the church, no sprinkling. First 300 years, all that later because of water shortage. That's a whole other story in history. But anyway, not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, total immersion, Because being baptized, we're turning to God and asking him to cleanse our hearts from sin. So we see here, water baptism, a couple things. This is how we declare our salvation. It's just like, I I was in love with Susie Warner for, for several years before we got married, but then we stood in front of a church full of witnesses and family, and I declared my love for her, my lifetime love for her. She declared her lifetime love for me, and we exchanged rings. This is what, baptism is like a wedding ring. Baptism is a public proclamation that we're being baptized and we're turning to God and we're asking him to cleanse our hearts from sin. There's no proxy in a marriage, not supposed to be. There's no proxy for someone deciding for someone else, this is individually, an individual decides for themselves, not mom and dad when when the baby's born, being baptized, returning to God and asking him to cleanse us, cleanse our hearts from sin. And so we individually, all throughout scripture, individual makes that decision. God, I am declaring your salvation in my life and I'm following Jesus' example and his commandment and I choose to be baptized. I choose to be baptized. And so, this is how we declare God's salvation is through baptism. Through baptism. A, a lot of times when, 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 when I have opportunity, someone comes to me and they're asking for some spiritual advice, you know, biblical uh, counsel or something like that, a lot of times I'll ask them the question, when were you, tell me about when you were baptized in water. Tell me, tell me about when that happened. And, and, and if someone says, well, I don't remember because mom and dad decided and, and I was just a little baby, I talk to them about how important this is because there's something about that's the old man dying that we identify. I was nine years old when I was baptized in water and I remember it to this day. Now, now obvious, there's not a lot I remember from nine, but I remember that. It's crazy. So, such a a picture of being dunked in that water and coming back up, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. 
And that's a, it's identifying just like someone remembers her wedding day. May not remember a whole lot else, but as you get older, but that so vividly. That's what water baptism is supposed to be. And so if you've not been baptized in water since making that decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you, search the scriptures. Read the scriptures what, about baptism every single time, personally identifying. And it's such a powerful thing. And so many times when, in my own personal life, when, when Satan has come, you know, and in my mind and in my thoughts, and he just wants to, you know, steal, steal my identity because of shame or, or kill my potential because I feel some sort of guilt or destroy my hope because of fear, I'm like, uh-uh, hold on, hold up. You remember when I was nine years old? I was buried with Christ in baptism. I remember I went under the water, and, and my old man was buried with Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is the, new, the new Greg. And, and Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. And he says, you're no longer guilty. There's no shame. There's no more fear that, that has to grip your life. And, and it's just a powerful way that we declare God's salvation through baptism. So this is one of the ways that we fight the good fight of faith. It's not only being baptized, but then going back and, and, and claiming that and remembering that significant moment in our lives. Second thing that I think is real important, persistent objective, number one, be baptized, and if you haven't been, just, just pay attention to when we schedule one of those uh, coming up, and, and if you're desperate, uh, we'll, we'll baptize you, we'll pick the ice, and, 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 and we'll, we'll baptize you in freezing cold water if you want that. If not, we normally wait for the weather to warm up a little bit uh, when we have a big, huge, huge celebration. Second thing is this, I think it's so important that we cultivate God's presence. Cultivate God's presence in our lives. If we're going to, if this is going to be a decade of destiny, we've got to cultivate God's presence in our lives. Because we'll never find fulfillment chasing after things that God doesn't want for us. It'll just make us hungry and darker and, 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 and more depressed and down. And so we need to learn how to cultivate God's presence in our lives. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Come near to God. Make God's presence a priority, and you'll experience God's presence. Acts chapter 2, verse 28, we've looked at this before. It's quoted from the Old Testament. David said it. Acts chapter 2, verse 28 says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And I'll tell you what, reality not there yet convinced settled on my word for 2020 but but you know what's flipping around in my mind this word right here joy 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 has nothing to do with circumstances around us the situation we find ourselves in joy is an inside deal joy joy You've made known to me. You've shown me the path. You've shown me the steps, God. We talk a lot about steps here at Valley. You've shown me the steps of life. You will fill me with your joy where? In your presence, cultivating God's presence. How do we do that real quick? I think there's a few ways. Number one, God's word. God's word. That's why it's so important. I don't, I don't preach out of the New York Times or Sports Illustrated. I preach out of God's word. And I think it's so important that we spend time, even if it's just one verse a day, in God's word, we just every single day, God's word. 
cultivate his presence because this is word, his word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. The Bible itself says about itself. Also through worship, through times of worship where we're just praising God in song and we're praising God, we're worshiping him for who he is, not what he's done. Praise is thanking him for what he's done. Worship is who you are, your character. Worshiping him. And then, of course, prayer. Time of prayer. Real practically, and this is why this is so important to us, and we've, we've actually added some stuff and ma- made some changes and some shifts, even in the church family and, and kind of what we do here uh, on a regular basis because of this why that we have. Uh, you know, Saturday morning prayer resumes this Saturday. First Saturday in January. Saturday morning prayer, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock. If, if you're struggling with your personal prayer life, I invite you to come out. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, right here, every Saturday with just a few exceptions, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas week. Saturday, prayer, regular time of prayer. Also, one of the things that, that, that we did for the first time and, and just had a huge response, we're just so thrilled about it, was a night of worship. And, and right now, we're scheduling once a quarter for 2020, a night of worship on a Wednesday night where it's just worship and communion. By the way, we have communion every single Saturday uh, that, that you can receive communion every Saturday at prayer as well. And, and then uh, extended time of worship, hour of just really nothing but worship each quarter. If you just can't get enough on a Sunday morning, one whole hour each quarter. Well, one hour for, you know, scheduling that through each quarter of this year. Night of worship. So God's word, worship, and prayer. Here, here's the third way the third way that we have persistent objective, a persistent objective we need to be kind of dogmatic about and prioritize is connecting with God's people. It's so important to connect with God's people. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong. You belong in God's household. You belong with every other Christian. Listen, I've said it before, I just believe this again, if we're going to, there is going to be predictable opposition in our lives, and I've seen too many people, you know that old phrase, cut their nose off to spite their face, they just drift and, and church becomes, ah, that's not important, that's not important, but listen, there is predictable opposition, it is coming, that's why we need each other, that's, it, it, we shouldn't be surprised by it when the wheels start falling off. But when we find out and we make a priority and we realize we belong in God's household with other Christians, it makes a huge difference the strength that we gain. And, and, and so there are times, and I notice, you know, I'm just going to, I'm being honest with you, because it's just you and me, right? No one else, it's just online campus. I see folks just disappear for months on end. <laughs> And then they come back to church. They never come back better. They always come back worse. They always come back, things are falling apart. Marriage on the rocks. All, all, all kind of, I could just tell you story after story after story. Because we think we're smarter and wiser than God. God says you need other Christians. You need to prioritize being in God's house. That's where you belong. When my kids were growing up, Susie and I tried all the time to, to raise our kids in such a way. 
ask themselves the question, am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Man, that, that will eliminate about 75% of trouble out of your life. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You belong in God's household with every other Christian. Now listen, the culture's not going to make this easy because they're going to schedule events and concerts and games and practice and all kinds of other fun stuff on Sundays. But are you where you're supposed to be? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Big question. Because we, we can't take shortcuts and expect to land where God wants us to be. It doesn't work like that. So connecting with God's people is so important. Look at it again, just another, and, and I could just go passage after passage on this point. And I'm passionate about it because, you know, honest to goodness, if, if people prioritize God's house more, as a staff, we'd have less to do. <laughs> Because it, it would just help so many people just to move forward in their spiritual growth instead of letting the past come back up into the present and struggling with things today that could have been done a long, long time ago if we just prioritized being present where we belong, where we're supposed to be in God's house. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says, and let us, notice the plural, let us consider how we, that's you and me, can, uh, may spur one another, in other words, not, no individuality here, on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing to their own hurt, they gave up meeting together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? That's the return of Jesus, the day that Jesus returns. The writer of Hebrews is like, listen, don't give up meeting together. Put a priority on it because you gain spiritual strength and grace from connecting with God's people. And so what I would say is this, no matter where you're watching us or, or this right now, or maybe you're, you're joining and you came to our Christmas services and you were one of the many that received Christ for the first time and now you're watching, okay, this is the second like, experience with Valley Christian Church. Two things that I would say, really, really important. First thing is this, commit to a local church. Maybe it's not even Valley. Maybe you're a visitor and maybe you live in North Carolina or North Dakota, and, and, but you were here for the holiday. Find a local church where you can grow, where you can be committed to, to, to other Christians, and you can grow in your faith because of those relationships. And, and also, I would say, commit to a local church, and then secondly, connect to a small group. Connect to a small group, and here at Valley, and in fact, January the 5th, we're launching, opening up all our small groups. We have a, a kind of a different perspective. We, we have Bible studies, we have men's groups and women's groups, but we also have hobby groups as well. And this is not just for people that are like members or even attenders of Valley. This is for anyone, anywhere to be a part of the group. Com commit and connect in a small group. In, in this past year, 2019, uh, we had here at Valley, and I just got these numbers fresh and they're real accurate, 529 people in groups. 500, 529 people in small groups in 2019. And we had 47 different small groups in 2019. We believe in 2020, it's gonna be closer uh, to 100 small groups. That's what our goal is. 100 small groups that'll be launched in, in 2020. 
in this new decade. We believe in that so much because you can't really grow, you know, in, in your relationships looking at the back of somebody's head. You, you've got to kind of get in a smaller group. Jesus had a small group called the Disciples. I've always been a part of a small group, and I encourage you, January the 5th, all online, you, you, can, you can look at the whole menu of uh, small groups that are going to be launching, and you can sign up for one, you can sign up for two, as many as you can actually be involved in, and prioritize, but don't, don't sign up and not show up, but, but prioritize these things, because it's so important to connect with God's people, God's people. Our, our goal, again, for 2020 would be to see 100 groups and in 2020, a thousand people in small groups. That's what our goal is. Because we believe it's so important for personal spiritual growth. Because predictable opposition is going to come. And we have some great promising opportunities waiting for us. But, but we've got to be able to stand. We've got to be able to stand and really fulfill all that God has for us in the face of predictable opposition. And then the fourth thing I would say, the fourth way that, that really you and I could, uh, could be a persistent objective that we can prioritize that's really going to help us in the coming year and decade is not just to connect with God's people, it's not just to cultivate God's presence and declare God's salvation, but also discover God's purpose. Discover God's purpose for your life. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 the message translation, I love this, said, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for, why we're alive. It's, 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 when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we discover that. Long before we first heard of Christ and we got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. I love that. Had designs on us for glorious living part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and everyone. You're part of the overall purpose that he's working out in everything and everyone. Discover God's purpose. The way that we encourage people to do that here at Valley, each one of these steps are something that we have that we can offer to help you, to strengthen you in your spiritual growth. This year, 2020, that's coming. And this decade of the 20s, the decade of destiny. And so I would say, if you haven't yet, experience growth track. Experience growth track. I, I don't have the exact number. I think it's, it's about 240 people since October of 2019, just a few months ago, have experienced growth track here at Valley Christian Church. We've refreshed it. It's all new. One of the things I love the most is one of the, one of the weeks, so it takes four weeks, four Sundays. First Sunday, second Sunday, third and fourth. Nine o'clock here and in Poughkeepsie. If you haven't done it yet, I strongly encourage you. you you'll thank me for it. One of, the, one of the steps that I love in Growth Track is there's a whole week just talking about leadership development because I believe every single person in the Valley family has leadership potential. Leadership is influ influencing the people that God has brought into your life and that you step foot into their life. And so experience growth track. I encourage you, sign up. It's, it's gonna start again January the 5th. You, you can come at nine o'clock, Hopewell or Poughkeepsie, 
and get involved with those four weeks of growth track. And, and, and at the end of that, you, you know what? This is also part of discovering your purpose. Then you get an opportunity, if you choose, to join the dream team. Join the dream team. These are our incredible teams all throughout the Valley family where it gets our eyes off of me and my stuff and I start helping other people out. And you know what's amazing? When I get my eyes off myself and I start helping others and and thinking of others and how I can impact others, it's amazing how God just starts changing the stuff inside of me. And I've become more and more like God like Jesus. That's what God's purpose is. It's so incredibly important. In fact, in February, and, and we don't want to burn out our dream teamers. In fact, in February, we're actually starting A-B rotation. One Sunday is going to be A for all our dream teamers. Next Sunday is going to be B for all our dream teamers in every single capacity because we don't want to just grind people to powder. Churches are so known for just grinding people to powder. So it's going to be every other week serving. Every other week, a flow, a rhythm throughout the entire Valley family, every other week, beginning in February, of of being in the dream team. Because, number one, we want to give opportunity. We feel like it's so important. We want to give opportunity to more people. Number two, we want to give rest to all our dream teamers. We want to give them a break. I can't thank you enough. Hundreds, 300, almost 400 people on our dream teams right now. I can't thank you enough for what you do week in and week out. I hope you're enjoying this break. I hope you're enjoying this this special message. Maybe you're sitting in your flannels, feet up in front of the fireplace. You know, this online campus on December the 29th. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 through 9 says, Because Jesus was raised from the dead, because he was resurrected, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven, and that future starts now. That future starts now. Decade of destiny. And so, let me just put it all together now, if I could, in one compact statement. If, if you and I are going to, if this is really going to be a decade of destiny in the 20s. If the 20s are going to be a decade of destiny, we must combat Predictable opposition by accomplishing persistent objectives starting today. Do it today. What do you need to do today to accomplish persistent objectives for your spiritual growth in 2020 and in the 20s, this whole decade? Decade of destiny. I believe if we'll, we'll take these, the scripture that we've looked at today and we'll take these things to our heart and we'll pray about them, you know what? We're not going to miss a thing that God has for us. We don't have to be afraid. There, there's going to be predictable opposition. We don't have to fear it because there's promising opportunities that God's going to bring to you and I. And, and because of persistent objectives, we are going to make the most of every one of those opportunities. And fulfill everything that God has purpose for us to fulfill. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now, God, you just refresh and replenish everybody in the Valley family. Lord, thank you for all those dream teamers that just serve so much. 
did so much, impacted so many lives in 2019. And Father, I just pray right now that as we spend this time contemplating, praying, anticipating 2020, Lord, we know that there, there's going to be predictable opposition. But Father, we wouldn't focus on that. We'd focus on the promising opportunities that you're going to lay out before us. And Lord, we're going to make the most of every one of those promising opportunities because of accomplishing persistent objectives that we're going to prioritize declaring our salvation in you, cultivating your presence in our lives, connecting with other people, your people, and discovering your purpose for us. And Lord, we pray at the end of this destiny, at the end of this decade of destiny, at the end of 2020 and this decade of the 20s, we'll be so much more like Jesus, leaving the old man behind and being the new man that you created us to be, the new, new person you created us to be, more like Jesus Christ and fulfilling your plan and purpose for us. In Jesus' name, amen.